Well, hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another phenomenal episode of Just Browsing. Matthew, along with Zach today, and we are going to bring you the greatest movie franchise of all time episode today. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, we are talking about Harry Potter. And yes, Zach is going to be quiet the whole time. Yeah, this is a change of pace where I'm actually just going to leave my mic on and then just leave the room and go home. And Matt's just going to talk about Harry Potter for the next two hours. Yes. So enjoy. So I don't, ju- I don't so know just- what he's going to say, just like you don't know what he's going to say. <laughs> I'll listen whenever he uploads it. So just like some uh, you know, pre-context to this. Uh, Zach and I were talking about what we wanted to do this episode on this morning. And then he goes about and says he needs to start a Harry Potter marathon, you know, sooner rather than later, you know, rewatch all the movies. Yeah, meaning like sometime in the next couple of months. So meanwhile, he says that, you know, and we all work from home, so it's, you know, people have TVs readily available. Me being a slight Harry Potter fan, I have all of them on my Amazon account. So I fired them up and I'm already almost done with the third movie. But, you know, it's been like... 14 hours since we had our conversation so that was also during a work day though i would like to clarify yeah but i've seen these movies so many times that i can play it in the background and the movie's playing in my head it's like i i can get all my work done and i'm still watching the movie by not actually watching it's like band of brothers see you're better than me because if there's a movie on (laughs) i'm totally distracted i can't do anything other than watch the movie basically even if it's like a show like if we just put on like a random sitcom that i've already seen before and I'll be cooking dinner or something, I still find myself getting distracted and just watching the TV. I'm, I'm like, really bad about it. If I I have to get stuff done, i got to turn the TV completely off. See, I used to be that way, but then I found, like, I work better. If if there's nothing going on, I find myself more distracted because I'm trying to find something to distract me. Hmm. So if there's something, if there's background noise going on, and that's why I usually watch something that I've seen so many times before because then I'm not, like, glued to it. I'm not super interested in it. Because I know what's going on, I can hear See, it. See, that and trick I just doesn't play work it. for me though. And but do you but, listen like music or podcasts? Yeah, well, I was, I was just about to say that I think that has re- like podcasts and music have replaced that for me. Like if I'm going to be cleaning or cooking or whatever, I podcast or I listen to music. <laughs> you're just like cooking and you're watching a movie and you're just like this, and it's like an hour and a half later you just hear. Exactly. Like I can't have Avengers Endgame on while I'm trying to make dinner. It just it's not going to work. House burns down. You're like, well, I watched the whole movie though. So a lot of times, like. When me and Ty are cooking, we'll throw on like New Girl or Friends or, or Fresh Prince of Bel Air or something. Something like, you've some, already some seen, sitcom. Though. Yeah, and even that is kind of distracting to me. If it's just me by myself and I'm cooking, I just turn on the spe- I like hook up my phone to a Bluetooth speaker and then just listen to a podcast or listen to music because yeah. it's like something I can listen to and consume while I'm doing other things, and that's the only way See, I can get things done. I can. That's where I can use movies and TV shows like that. I yeah. can use See, it as, I, as an audio track it would be because fine, I've like seen if I, so much. Like if I was in the other room cleaning and you had a movie on in here and I could just hear it, that'd be fine. But if no. I'm in the room and I can see the screen, I'm fucked. Like See, I'm so distracted. See, that's where I'm different. You know, in college, I know like Megan, she would flip it to like ABC Family and the Harry Potter used to be on ABC Dude, Family they all love showing the, the Harry Potter marathons. And it would be like, you know, Prisoner of Azkaban. And I'm sitting there going... Not shut that shit off. If you want to watch them, I'll go upstairs and grab the DVDs. <laughs> and we're starting from the beginning. And we're starting from the beginning. <laughs> and and I, know, I remember she was always like, why can't you just watch the movie? And it's like Harry Potter's like the only one I really do this with, like yeah. hardcore. 
I just can't. I can't jump into the third movie. I'm like, no, nah, we're gonna watch. This. I think I think Start that says a one. lot about how good the story is. If it's like Lord of the Rings or Star Wars or Harry Potter, where if you come in on like the fifth one or the eighth one or something, you're it's like hard when they're they're long. You're like series. I want to see. It's hard to just jump right in without being like. I want to. You're not really like totally invested unless you've been in from the beginning, kind of thing. Even though you've seen it, however many times, you still feel like you need to go start from the beginning, go through like all the trials and tribulations, and then see their journey to the end. Instead of just hopping in in the middle and being like, "Oh yeah, right. here's what they're doing here," you know, it's like. But then you start thinking about like, "Oh yeah, but what about in that first one or in the second one when they did such and such?" Like I don't know. That's just how I am. I, I'm kind of the same way. I remember Sam telling me one time that he and his buddy were in college just they were having some sort of like a lazy sunday or whatever and tnt was doing the star wars marathon because tnt yep, likes they always that. did those and they sat there and watched the prequel trilogy like all day because it was they, they came in at phantom menace like towards the beginning and just sat there all day long yeah. watching phantom menace attack of the clones and revenge of the sith but it was all on tnt so it's all like commercials They're like the three whole hours time. long yeah. So he's like, dude, it took us literally like all day long to watch those three movies. And he goes, I don't know why I did that. I own <laughs> the prequel movies. I like, can't, if, if you can just pop them in and yeah. cut out all the commercials. But you just, you just sat there and was just like, oh, I'm just going to do this, I if, guess. If I own it, I'm putting it on. Yeah. If, well, if, if I want to watch it and I own that movie, I'm just yeah. putting it on because I, I don't I, want I used to not think about that. But my roommate in college pointed it out to me one time because I think Goodfellas was on or something. And I was... It was like around dinner time. Maybe we were cooking or we had just brought food home or whatever. And I'm like, I just turned on the TV for something to watch while I'm right. eating. And Goodfellas is on. And I'm like, oh, I love Goodfellas. And my roommate was like, see, I don't. He said the same thing. He's like, I don't watch movies on TV that I own. Because why would you watch a movie with commercials when you could just put it in and not watch it with commercials? And I was like, you know what? That's a really good point. Because if you think about it, in your head, you're going, well, I don't want to like get up, get the DVD or like even the VHS if it's back in the day. Put it in, start it from the beginning, get it all set up, and then press play. Because in your mind, play. you think by the time you, think, you go through that, yeah, you the think movie's that's gonna be over. right. You think that's taking so long, but really, in reality, you're gonna save yourself so much time. Yep. Because if you just sit there and watch it on TV, it's gonna take like two hours longer than it should to watch that movie just yep. with all the fucking commercials. So, it really is just worth being like, nope, stop it right now. If I want to watch something while I'm eating, let's just put in Goodfellas. I have it right here. I also hate some movies, and we've gotten far from Harry Potter, but some movies. They put like the full uncut versions on TV sometimes. Yeah. So there's extra shit They're in already there extended, than what you're yeah. thinking should be in there. And then, you know, they cut words out so that, you know, they yeah. go to say shit and they're like, ah, and then it's just like, shoot. And yeah. you're like, that doesn't, yeah. it's it just, a whole different actor saying shoot. It's just, just throw in the movie. You know, I think I mentioned this to you one and time. And you can pause it too. Yeah, exactly. You can pause it and go take a piss or whatever. Um, one thing, I think I mentioned this to you one time. One movie that really confuses me that they continue to show on TV, which I just don't, I can't wrap my head around, is Deadpool. Why would you show a movie like Deadpool on TV? It's rated R, and he cusses literally the entire movie. Right. And it's super gory. Like, all of the violence is very gory. The whole point of that movie and is just And then they put it on TV and then just, like, just like give you the watered-down version yeah. of it. And you're like... Because people will watch. Like, I'm, it. I'm watching Deadpool. Deadpool because he can say fuck and he's gonna cut people's heads off. Yeah. Like that's why I'm watching Deadpool, not for like this, you know, G-rated version in case some Shucks. middle schooler's watching it. Yeah, it's like why is this movie on TV? You know? Yeah, I don't know. Interesting. 
Anyway, um, let's get back to Harry Potter because that's oh, what dude, we set I'm out so to do. Excited. How are dude, how are you feeling? This is this is a big moment for you because we already had we've done our MCU bracket podcast. There's a whole episode on the MCU. We've done a whole episode on Star Wars back on May the fourth, and now you know here what? we have arrived at our official Harry so, Potter podcast. It, it works out too because a lot of the Harry Potters were all released the first couple weeks of July, and here we are and going on what almost the third week in July. I guess technically, yeah, we're in the in the third week of July, so Yeah, it's already the nineteenth. I'm stoked because this is like you know, if you haven't listened, go back and listen to our movie franchise brackets. Mm-hmm. This is my favorite. Yeah, movie. spoiler alert for that for yeah, those No uh, spoiler alert. That was a long <laughs> time ago. Those series of podcasts. It, it was a very long time ago. But yeah, Matt picked this as his favorite franchise in our 64 movie franchise bracket we It wasn't out, even so. close. Like as it's soon as we made the bracket, coming. that was in. Yeah. And now we're I was actually, finally here to discuss it. I was thinking about it right before I came over here. I was thinking back to that bracket and I was thinking about these big monolithic pop culture like movie slash TV show properties. And I was thinking about like the giants. And we pretty much had all of the giants as our one seeds. It was like Lord of the Rings slash Hobbit franchise. Star Wars. Star Wars. Marvel Cinematic Universe and Harry Potter. Yep. You're going to be pretty hard-pressed to find any other franchises that are more deserving of a one seed than those four right there. Well, and so I think, like, one thing with Harry Potter, and, and this, I think this episode is going to be heavily focused on the movies because I haven't read the books in probably... Well, let's see how old am I right now. You're about to get older I'm here in a couple get, days. I'm about to get older <laughs> in a few days. I probably haven't read a Harry Potter book in 12 to 13 years. So my yeah. book knowledge, I need to reread them. I have all of them at my parents' yeah. house. I need to reread them. I just haven't brought them over here. I'm, I'm the exact same way. So I, this I is going to be a on, heavy movie. Yeah, I plan on rereading we'll them soon. And I think we've both read the books. It's just been so long. that And there's so many details in there right. that you don't get in the movies that's just like, well, that was pretty important. Yeah. But then again... It's like I can't remember all those details yeah. 12 years later. From what I remember, though, the movies do a really, really good job of adapting the books. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. They don't leave much stuff out. Well, that's what happens when you have a author who is... Finishing their series. <laughs> well, not only that, but they're homeless, living in a van oh, yeah. under a bridge yeah. writing this to becoming yeah. wealthier than the Queen of England. Yeah. Like... I thought you were going to say... This is what happens when the writer has actually finished their series as the movies are being, or well, as the I wonder, adaption is being I wonder being if made. she would have finished them if they weren't as popular as they were. Because, you know, like some cultures, like... I, I, I think she these, probably would have. I, I know these are a lot more modern books, and you know, because the movies were released in 2001, 2002, 2004, 2005, 2007, 2009, 2010, 2011. With the books coming out in 97, 98, 99, 2000, 2003, 2005, and 2007. So they're hmm. all super, super modern movies. And, well, not super, super modern, but they're all very modern. I didn't modern. realize the book, the first book, had come 97. out in 97. Wow. Yeah. I, thought, I thought for sure they were all like the movies and the books were like 2000 and on. But. No, 97, but hmm. then, you know, 97, 98, 99. So she had, excuse me, the first three, like, she probably wrote them all in one book and then split them up into different things. Because you, you got to think, there's no way she wrote a, one book and then, you know, release it in 97 while releasing her next book a year later. you got to think she probably just continued to write the story 
well, at the same time, and then yeah. it was like, I'm going to release them a year apart. Because I don't, I don't think they were all done, but she was well, definitely no, like, but, as the first one was turned in, being edited, being printed, being right, released, she's probably she was three quarters of the cranking way out number two, and then the same thing when number two gets put through the process. Because these books are long. And, yeah. And, well, and I think it was one of those things where... It's like any sort of series that you read. Well, it's like most of them. Some series start off, the the first book is like 900 pages or whatever. But the first one here is like a regular size book, like 300, 350 pages, something like that for Sorcerer's Stone. And she releases it. It becomes this sensation. And then they, what happened is she probably had an idea of where she wanted to take the series and like the overarching storyline and how many books she wanted to flesh it out into. But then it became as popular as it did. And I'm sure the publisher was like, Hey, do you have more where this came from? And she's like, yeah. So yeah. And then it evolves into what it be, what it eventually becomes. 309 pages was book one. Right. So like a pretty normal size book, but then by goblet of fire, I think is Let's when see. I remembered it first becoming like this big, I got the hard, hardback Gob- of goblet, goblet of fire. And it's goblet of huge. fire was seven thirty four. Exactly. So a big difference, 400 page difference when you reach, Book four. Because the first three are actually pretty normal size. Well, and that one was released in 2000. So you had 97, yeah. 98, 99, and 2000. So she yeah. had all four of her first books released within a year of each other. Yeah. That's a lot of writing. Well, not each other, but in a year yeah. of the previous. And it's one of those things, um, you know, I, I've kind of read into this too because I've done a lot of research into like the publishing industry and just writing in general. Because if she would have come to her publisher with a 700-page book right off the bat for book one, probably wouldn't have happened that way. They probably would have edited right, that because shit how, down. how are you going to adapt or like have an audience jump right it, in on exactly. a 700-page book? If you're book. a t- completely unknown author, they're not going to be like, sure, we're going to print your seven or 800-page book that no one's, no one's ever heard of you, no one knows what the story is. Right. There's zero interest in it so far. They're not going to do that. So 300 pages, yeah. It's a it's a perfect length for a normal adult level, you know, young adult level novel. Let's get everyone's beak wet. And it, they, it, it's not a hard they, they, reading book either. Like, yeah, right, right. Like The Hobbit. I don't know. Did you ever read The Hobbit? No, I want that's to. A, that's I still a tough read, read for younger kids. Yeah, yeah. Harry Potter isn't like that. I think she definitely benefited from the fact that this is not like a like Song of Ice and Fire is like adult fantasy fiction. It's right. very gruesome well, and brutal. Harry Potter is like young adult fiction. Right. So she benefited from the fact that she has this already, if it becomes popular, she has this built-in audience of like tens of thousands of middle school and high school students across the nation. Well, and, and you know w- what I mean? And one thing I was going to say, adults. Like, like regarding the, the movies, you know, and this is, you know, I'll just jump in. This is why some people don't like him is they don't like the, the child actors, you mm. know, because the first... And I two, normally two don't. I'm normally one of those The first movie or two, you can sit... And if you're just critiquing the actors themselves, the 11-year-old actors back in yeah. 2001 or whenever they were shooting this, you critique them, you go, yeah, your acting sucks. Your CGI is a little off. But then you have to think to yourself, they're like, the story is based around 11 and 12-year-olds at this right. time. Yeah. You can't cast... There's pretty much no other way to do it. Like, like right now, like, you look yeah. at a TV show or a movie, and as a high schooler, they're casting a 34-year-old to play a high yeah. schooler. You know, and, and it's just like, I get it because the acting is better. Yeah. But they, you know, she truly... I don't know how much input she had on the movies, I guess, but they really stuck to, we're going to hire 11-year-olds, and they're going to be our... Are cast all the way through. Which, besides Dumbledore, 
every main character was the exact same person through every single movie. And Dumbledore would have been, but he passed away. Right. The actor who played him passed away. I think that's honestly one of the like silently amazing things about these movies is the fact that they knocked it out of the park so well with the main three actors. For, yeah. for Harry, Ron, and Hermione. Because imagine if this would have happened. Imagine they cast the same three that we know as Harry, Ron, and Hermione today. But they do like two movies. They do Chamber. They do through Chamber of Secrets, and then they all won out. And then they recast Harry, Ron, and Hermione, and keep going with the series. It would not have worked no. as well as it did. The fact that they got all three of them to commit from the time they were like eleven to what were they like twenty something? Yeah, I mean the last movie came out in two thousand eleven, and they're they're so ten five years, plus I guess. years older than us. Yeah. for the most part. So so yeah, they were like. 20 or 21 by the time they finished these movies. That's a whole decade of their life that they, they these people were asking them to commit to like one role. <laughs> but granted, it's a gigantic role, but still, the fact that they kept everyone together and it was the same like you watch you, you It go, was a true story. Okay. Line. As I'm reading the books, these kids are getting older and older and older and now they're in their 5th year or whatever. And right. then by the time you get to the 5th movie, you're like, yeah, they look like they're in their 5th year now. Right. Like it makes sense. Well, I think it like you know, they're supposed to be 17, I believe, in the last movie. Or, you know, yeah, 17 or 18 in year, yeah. year seven. So kind of like you are when you're graduating high school. Basically. Right. This is yeah. supposed to be like a high school. Yeah, um, yeah the actors look older, but, I mean, they're not going to be able to shoot a movie every single year right. for these because it just takes you takes know, time. It takes time. But they, they don't look too old that they can't play the roles. They look just... Yeah, old enough to perfectly fill the roles. Right. So, as far as like people hating on like child actors and stuff in these movies, I sit there and I go, these movies are just. I mean, they're absolute masterpieces in terms of how they went from the book to the movie without cutting too much detail, but having to cut too much detail at the same time. Well, I was gonna say to your point about child actors, I'm normally one of those people to where if I'm watching a movie and it's centered around you know, child characters and the child actors are not very good. It really distracts me from the story and it, it, yeah. it bothers me. And I, I, I just, I firmly believe that on average there, granted there are exceptions like the child actors from these movies on average, most child actors are just not as good as their adult counterparts. They just aren't right. They're Which, just not as good at conveying emotion and that's fine. Kids are not as good right. at conveying emotion as adults are. That's just part they of don't the have the years process of, of growing up and becoming emotionally mature and all that kind of stuff. But this movie or these movies, I did not have that feeling at all. Like the the acting, it, like you but, said, in, in the first one or the, or the first two. No, even now, it doesn't bother me at all. I mean, it's like a little bit cheesy and you can tell like, oh, yeah, like they're not the best actors in the world. But like I get over it by the time the third movie comes around because now they're like young adults right. and they're starting to become a little bit better about the third movie you know. is really when it starts to yeah. I, okay so my i'll just start with my worst movie or my least favorite is well i guess we should say we're, we're gonna we're gonna rank them yeah right? let's, let's rank them because so, we keep going on yeah, random tangents yeah. not about well, harry potter this is why i wanted to rank them because i figured we could do plenty of ranting but we need to like structure it around all right our well let's rankings. structure this around so the it, worst episode being Chamber of Secrets. And I feel like that's probably 95% of people's worst episode is so you, Chamber of Secrets. you actually had that as your worst? I had oh, that yeah. as my worst as it, well. It is my least I thought I was, favorite movie. I thought I was alone in that, but no. maybe I'm not. It is my least favorite yeah, movie. Yeah, it's, it's, my, it's my least it's, favorite. It's not boring, but it's 
it's like really dark, but it's not really dark. Like I, it's right before it's, it, because Prisoner of Azkaban, I think, is when it starts getting really dark. Like it starts getting right. the, get the, the, the stakes become and, pretty fucking serious. Right. Uh, no pun intended with Sirius Black. You like what I did there. Um, but yeah, I just I don't. And also, <laughs> apart from like all of the actual like storyline and movie criticism I could give for that one. Not a big fan of spiders, and it really fucks me up yeah. every time I watch that movie, and I Aragog. forget that there's like a giant part of that movie that involves around spiders and a lot of them, and then big ones. <sighs> really hard for me to watch. So <laughs> that's not. I I did not use that as an excuse to put it as my least favorite movie. It just really is my least favorite out of the whole series. I just it, don't. I just feel like it drags on. Like it, it's one of the longer movies, and it's just constantly like I don't know. To me, it was just. It wasn't like a full letdown, but as far as Harry Potter movies go, it was a constant letdown to me. Because that's and the one where you have him kind of uncovering the secret of Tom Riddle, right, in right, the diary. Through, through Tom Riddle's diary. And then in the Chamber of Secrets, there's the big serpent and everything, right? Right, the basilisk. Okay. Yeah, yeah, the basilisk, yeah. Okay, and then and, he, and he, he speaks parcel tongue, you find out, yeah. and all that kind of stuff. All right, okay. Yeah, so... I mean, there's a lot of important information as the yeah. the whole movie franchise. It's actually, franchise if you think about along. it, it's actually pretty crucial to the it's rest of the extremely story. Extremely <laughs> crucial because, you know, as you move along and you find out that Tom Riddle made, you know, the whole cruxes, as my dog bites my arm off, um, you know, Harry destroyed one his second year within the yeah. diary. That yeah. was, that was the first one that he had come across yeah. and destroyed, that, just un- unknowingly. Yeah, yeah. and. Um, you know, then in later movies, mm. they go back down there because the Basilisk Fang is important yeah. to destroying more, you know, the Holcroxes. And, you know, it, it's a lot bigger part of the movie than anything. And, you know, you find out that the, the Sword of Gryffindor, which was used to kill the Basilisk, had the Basilisk... Um, bas- Basilisk. Totally butchered that one because we're trying to grab this dog. But it had the venom, so it could destroy the whole cruxes as well. So yeah. it, it, that, you know, looking back on it, as far as information goes into the movies, it was extremely important. Yeah. But when you're watching it, like especially for the first time, you're not like, "Well, that was great." You're like, "Yeah, eh, it wasn't bad, but I." Yeah. Not like super. Especially, I, I think just coming on the heels of the first one. The first one was so magical, and it brings you into this world that you had never previously seen. That was so captivating. It just felt like, I don't know, it, it's it's kind of this weird middle child between, like I said, Prisoner of Azkaban starts getting real adult and real serious and dark, yeah. and the first one is still really childlike and filled with wonder and very awe-inspiring and magical, and Chamber of Secrets is kind of like trying to be both. It's a little bit trying to right. be childlike and magical, but a little bit trying to be adult and scary and stuff, and I don't know, it just it ends up coming off like, I just don't really enjoy going back to revisit it's, that it's one. kind of I don't, your i, don't know I mean why. you're kind of introduced into death in the first one but the second one they really really show you like yeah you know people died yeah. during this whole thing you know the first one they're like hey harry was dog i swear it also is i think it's the first one that makes you realize um <laughs> hogwarts is super unsafe to have kids in it yeah <laughs> like there needs to Fluffy, be way more dog. security in Hogwarts because there's just like they're just letting think about it. They're just letting kids wander around in the corridors of this dark and scary castle at night and any fucking corridor or like door they open up could unleash some like giant beast that could eat them. 
And like no one's guarding them. No one's telling them like don't go in this but they room. Did, they did say the third corridor is off limits at the start, I guess that's start of the term. Still though, there needs to be a little more security than that. Like please put up a rope or something and with some signs. Well, like, they, the door was like, locked. Hey, there's a giant fucking serpent in here that will eat you if you. Well, but go, see, like, no one, no one here. was able to find the chamber of secrets. But they know it's in there. You but know, they what don't I mean? know where it is. I'm still saying it's an unsafe place to hold <laughs> classes. Is all my? It's my only point. Oh, you can't just move Hogwarts, <laughs> all right? I feel like they could. I mean, Hogwarts is, is a super dope place, but also just, just very fucking dangerous. Just because there's magic doesn't mean they can just up and move a castle. No, I mean just move it to a, just go to a different location, like, like a ha- different castle. Have Hogwarts be there, but then go to like a building that doesn't have serpents lurking in the basement. Just you go know? to a big or open trolls room or giant three-headed dogs or massive spiders or you know the spider wasn't in teachers the castle, with though. dark wizards on the back of their heads. You know any of that kind of stuff. Not great. All right. Well, now you're just saying that the whole series isn't great. No, I'm just saying that it's really dangerous to have children well, yeah, learning you, I mean, like potions. Jumping ahead, you got to think in the the final movie, you know, chapter or year 7 part 2, Battle of Hogwarts. That's where Voldemort oh, yeah. and his forces literally go to kill yeah. all of Harry and his 17-year-old classmates. True. Which while it's in my head because I, and again, the book might have said this, I can't remember. Where the fuck are all these parents all these parents that are are magic born or there's some of them but not there's not right nearly as many as there are kids there right but like hermione you know her parents aren't magical so i wouldn't expect them to be there but but like ron's parents are like the only ones there basically right and then there's some that work (laughs) in the ministry but it's like where the hell are all the other parents you know they're just kind of leaving the fight for the world up to like a bunch of junior and seniors yeah, they're like we already school. we already fought them we don't want to fight them again you you go ahead and die yeah, we'll stay yeah. at home you guys got this it just is one of those things i'm like you know they could have they could have been there it's not that hard but hey also the adults who are on uh Voldemort's side kind of assholes for just storming a like think about it that'd be like a bunch like an charging army of chucky e. cheese full-blown adults charging like thunder Ridge high school with a bunch of like ak's and shit just against like you know Random fucking students. Like, hey, right, that's a really bad uh, analogy. Yeah, I guess you're right. They got a little dark. Let's uh, let's just say a bunch bad, of bad uh, metaphor. Let's say a bunch of adults storming Chuck E. Cheese with five hundred dollars in tokens to overthrow the twenty dollars in tokens of kids. Not sure if that one works either. We're struggling with our with our analogies uh, it's here. A little bit safer than, <laughs> than your analogy. Anyway, what's your? So that's your least favorite. So, Chamber Secrets is my least favorite. Um, and then, you know, again, I don't dislike any of these movies. This is like the hardest thing to come through, but I would have to say, um, you know, the Sorcerer's Stone would probably be my second least favorite. Dude, me too. (laughs) Um, and it's nothing against the movie. I just think as the story goes on, there's a lot more information and, you know, there's not a lot of fluff. It's just like boom like you're in the story you're not the first one's an introduction into characters you kind of get an introduction into what's about to happen you know harry's about to fight uh you know voldemort that's what this movie franchise is gonna be about so yeah i mean i would have to say the first one i like that movie it's great you know i think it's my mom's favorite because it's bright it's joyful you know the kids are having fun everything seems to be going well and that's really the only one that is like that. 
Mm-hmm. Everything else, like like you said, with Chamber Secret, it tries to bring you into this mm-hmm. darkness. Yeah. I think the first one, Sorcerer's Stone, is my second to least favorite as well. I had that ranked seven out of the eight for me. Um, for all the reasons you said, I think it's a, it's a really good starter for the series, but I think like other series that I have either read or watched, it gets stronger as it goes on. Yeah. So I end up liking the later the later ones more than I do the original. But the original's really good. Right, there's it's nothing just, wrong yeah. with them. It's just kind of tough to go back after watching like the last two and being used to the way the movies are shot and like the stakes that are at play and then going back to watch the first one and being like this is very childlike. Well, and, you know, and, like the first one is very childlike. And like, you know, <laughs> Harry doesn't even know he's a wizard for the right. first 30 minutes of yeah. the first one, you know. Yeah. And then you get to the last one and you're like, okay, he just defeated the greatest dark wizard of all time, you know. Like yeah. the, the story just they really it it really is a good stepping stone to start you into the story. It's just not one that's like super captivating in terms of like Oh, that one scene yeah. in, you know, the Sorcerer's Stone. huge flex in that movie for Ron basically winning the day by being a master of chess. Yeah. Wins a fucking chess match with, like, some pretty deadly Dude, stakes. After watching Wizard's Chess, so, like, the old DVDs, like, when they would first come out, you could get them. And yeah. then inside, they'd have, like, a little pamphlet, and you could buy, you know, uh-huh. wands and, like, necklaces. Like, oh, yeah. You know, I remember all that. that. Shit. I remember that. I wanted the Wizard's Chess set so bad yeah. because in my head, you know, this movie came out in 01. Yeah. So I was, like, right when DVDs came out. Yeah. I was seven, eight years old probably when we got the DVD. I wanted that chess set because I thought that they would the sit there would and move. Beat the shit out of each other, yeah. and my mom and dad were like, "Don't be an idiot." Yeah, it's just going to sit in your room and collect dust. Yeah, so we never got it, but yeah, how cool would that Wizard's be? Wizard's chess I, would be so dope. That would have gotten a lot of people into chess it's, if we invented chess. That it's could, kind of that like do that. And I'm, I'm gonna, you know, knight to e five. <laughs> <laughs> but it's kind of like that chessboard in uh, Star Wars. You know, you get the, oh, yeah. the action figures on the Millennium Falcon that just like rip each other apart, yeah. and then you like hit a power button and it goes away. It's just something that when you're a little kid, which we were when it this came so out, cool. it was yeah. so cool. And and that that whole ending scene when they're going in, or well, when they all go in there, it, it's just, that's the most action, and you really start to see the brilliance of what each person will bring. Yeah, exactly. Hermione is just genius. You know, she's, yeah. she's the spells, she's, she's the good the, student. Yeah. She reads a lot and retains information. Yeah. And, and she, yeah. she's, she knows all of her spells, her charms, everything. Yeah. Then you got Ron, who's... He's not book smart. He's not street smart. But when it comes to clutch things he, clutch. that people aren't good I feel at, like he's, 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 he's the clutch factor. He, he's the sixth man. Yeah. Sixth well, I mean, think team. about it. In uh, part one of the Deathly Hallows, he shows up out of nowhere and saves Harry from right. drowning in the right. fucking middle of the woods. He's he's hitting the big uh, corner right. three to to go either tie or go ahead. He misses like a lot of open threes. Yeah. But he, but he hits the clutch ones. But he hits, he hits the ones that matter. He needs to. <laughs> but but yeah. So that would be my second least favorite um and then this might throw some people off but i would have to go with prisoner of azkaban being my third least favorite yeah i just oh everything after prisoner of azkaban just really like so you have basically the first three are all in your bottom three right it goes two one three for my bottom three so far so i actually have and again i didn't overthink I think three through six that much. It was really like my number one and two, my seven and eight that I had like relatively strong feelings about. The rest of them were kind of interchangeable, but I had Deathly Hallows part one 
as my sixth favorite out of the eight. Well, so, so for Prisoner of Azkaban, because that's what I'm actually about to finish, you know, later tonight, I just... It's a good movie, and it's like you said, it's that first one where you really get the better acting mm-hmm. out of everybody. But I just feel, as far as when you look through it, there's not too much info as far as Harry's fight against Voldemort. It's all about Sirius Black. It's all Black. about Sirius Black. And in the movie sense, one and two don't lead you into three being about some dude named Sirius Black. You right, know, we're under right. the impression that Voldemort's like the only dark wizard. Mm-hmm. Coming into the you know third, and now it's all about Sirius Black. So really, in three, there's there's very few indicators of Voldemort. You do understand and learn more about uh, Harry's parents and their friend group that fought Voldemort mm-hmm. the first time, and you start to really understand the Order of the Phoenix without knowing what the Order of the Phoenix is. You can yeah. see that formation. More truth comes out. There's just no no story going into. Uh, you know Voldemort and what Harry is about to encounter because now he j- all he you know you could say three is one of the happier ones because he gains his Godfather back into his life mm-hmm. and he realizes that there is someone out there that still cares for him and you can say his quote unquote family that aren't the fucking Dursleys because you know <laughs> fuck Dudley fuck <laughs> Vernon and fuck Petunia. Um, here's my pitch for Prisoner of Azkaban being way better than being in the bottom three. Dementors? No, no, no. Not Dementors. Wait, okay. I always get Death Eaters and Dementors confused. Dementors are the Azkaban guards. Right, okay. So Dementors? No, the terrifying. They're like the yeah. first terrifying thing that comes into the like, Harry Potter universe. It's almost like what you imagine Death being personified as. Like if Death walked in and was like, Such hey, your it's out. your time. That's a Dementor, yeah. basically. Dementors. Fucking werewolves. Yep. Uh. Sirius Black and the whole fake out of him, like you think he's this evil person, but he's actually not. He's like on Harry's side, and he's like this right. instrumental member of the Order of the Phoenix. Um, fuck, I had one more thing I was gonna say about it. Anyway, Prisoner of Azkaban's dope as fuck. I like it's Prisoner got, of Azkaban. Yeah, I I like 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 you said, you know, from here on out, there's it's really hard to kind of yeah. Put them together. I, I think Prisoner of Azkaban marks a big important change in the series of movies because they they fully transition from being very kid like yep. and kid friendly to like okay this is pretty like oh the time travel that's oh, what yeah. I forgot about to say so those are like my favorite things about this movie like the way they do the time travel with Hermione's little necklace thing and like how that plays into the whole plot and learning the Patronus charm and all that and how that plays in and how Harry has to like eventually like save himself basically with the Patronus charm and all that. Fucking love right. it, man. So, so you get the... Prisoner intro- of Azkaban slaps. You, I can't believe you, you have the- it in the bottom three. Well, <clears throat> I don't like... Or I don't not like any of these. So they're all my yeah. number one That movie. just surprises me because I'm, I'm a big well, fan of that movie. I mean, but moving on from here, I would probably have to go with Deadly Hallows Part 1 as my fourth least... Like okay, movie. so you had it kind of right around where I had it because I had Deathly Hallows Part One as my sixth out of eight. And then did you have Prisoner of Azkaban right after that? No, no. Oh, well, then we didn't have it. <clears throat> but yeah, well, I mean, this movie is what I I'm mean, saying. Deathly Hallows Part <clears throat> One. I love that movie because it sets you up for the second. When that movie ended, when it first came out, I'm like, I can't fucking wait. Like, I, yeah. I just, yeah. I know you have it somewhere. Just play it. <laughs> I don't care if it's unedited in eight hours. Just play it. Let me watch the whole damn thing. There's just not a lot of substance to it in terms of... 
I think it drags. It, it a drags bit. on. Like you just see them going different places, yeah. putting charms, and then they have like that aha moment every once in a while. They they could have cut that movie down, or they could have put a lot more valuable information into it. So I put it just above Prisoner of Azkaban because of what it sets up. Yeah, Prisoner of Azkaban doesn't really set the guy so, with the fire up in any way. For me, and I, I might be wrong about this, but I'm pretty sure Harry Potter was like the first big franchise to do this thing where their final movie was going to be in two parts. Was either that or Twilight? Because it wasn't Twilight. Yeah, part those one were both two. around the same. Although I think Twilight came later. I think it was Harry Potter again. I could be wrong, but it, now it's become like a trend. It's happened several times since then where they go, which is oh, the great. last one Don't is part rush. one and part two. <clears throat> I'm not really a big fan of that ever. I don't think it... I think anytime you do that, it ends up one of them being kind of like Deathly Hallows Part 1 where it just drags a little bit. Like, one of them is always slower. And it's like, I, I get why you guys... You, you had you felt like you had a little too much information to cram into one long movie, but I'd rather you just make one, like, three-hour and 20-minute movie than two hour-and-a-half movies that are like... One of them's really slow, and then the other one's jam-packed with all of the action. Plus, you get, when you finish part one, <clears throat> normally part one is literally just like a placeholder until you get to the final climax, which just ends up being like a giant tease. That, I don't know. That always just really kind of bothers me. I think the I only mean, time that it's been done really well, and like these didn't, <clears throat> they're not explicitly marketed as a part one, part two, but they were originally planned this way, and they, they act this way, is Avengers Infinity War, Avengers Endgame. Because those truly act as like a part one, part two of the same like fight against Thanos end of the Infinity Saga. Yeah. And they were originally planning it as being Infinity War part one, Infinity War part two. But, but they didn't do that. But I think for Harry Potter's I just think sake... For all the other ones, I end up being... One of them is always a little bit of a letdown to me. I think that it would have been too long, though. I, I think there's too much valuable information in part one of Deathly Hallows that you can't just jump into a part two. You learn what the Deathly Hallows are. Yeah, then, but my thing you is, also find like, multiple Holcroxes I'm not saying jump, yourself. I'm just saying make Deathly Hallows one long movie. Right, but there's too much information that they, it would just be like, you know, information overload. Like, because they could have done the same thing then when you go back to your Avengers thing. They could have made them all one movie. You know? No, because both of those movies are like three hours long. <laughs> right, and both Deathly Hallows <laughs> are like three hours long. Yeah, you could have shortened the first part probably <clears throat> to an hour 45, two hours. But still adding that, like, Deathly Hallows Part 2, there's no part in there you could cut out to add in the first part. You know, it would just, it would have probably had to have been a four to four and a half hour long movie. Which, at that point in time, you're sitting there going, we can't, like, name a four hour movie that you, I mean, Titanic's probably the closest thing to, like, the longest movie in the history of time. <laughs> but I wouldn't want to sit there for four and a half hours. You know, it would just get a little like, all right, this is getting long, like... I guess my only thing is, <clears throat> if it's part one, it ends up not really being able to stand on its own as a good individual installment. You know what I mean? Whereas if it was just like, say it was just called Deathly Hallows and then the last one was called Fight with Voldemort or whatever the fuck you want to call it. Then Deathly Fight Hallows. Yeah. Then Deathly Hallows stands on its own as like its own movie with its own contained story. And then the fight with Voldemort is the fight with Voldemort but, the whole time. But the thing Whereas with, like part one of this last installment ends up just being kind of like, oh, yeah, I mean, that was fine. It was just more of a placeholder to get us to the final battle. You know what I mean? But like I said, there's so much information in it. Like, 
both those movies have the Deathly Hallows involved. You learn what they are in part one, then you learn who had the the Elder Wand in, you know, Dumbledore, then Voldemort gets it. You learn that there's an invisibility cloak, which Harry's had since year one. Right. And then you learn that there's this resurrection stone. But Harry doesn't know he has the resurrection stone yet, but you get introduced to it, but then you find out he has the resurrection stone, you know, in part two. So it's like it's the continuation of the full story, and I think there's just so much valuable information it had to be on its own. I can understand like where you can sit there and be like, Yeah, but why name it the same thing, part one and two? But I really don't think it does it an injustice to have it be a part one and part two. I think you learn so much information in it, it's just a kind of a slower movie. You don't get you get hyped up for like this big battle and you just get more information and yeah. and you get set up for the big battle. I don't th- I'm not saying it's like terrible. I just don't think it's all that good. That's why I have it towards my my lower rankings and I think most series that have followed that formula of going we're going to take the last one and split it into two, it always ends up with one of them not being as good. You know what I mean? Cuz you're just one of them inevitably has to be kind of slow to like set up a bunch of stuff or wrap up a bunch of smaller plot lines that you don't really care as much about. You know what I mean? Like, they end up spending time on stuff that's not as exciting, I guess. Yeah, I, th- I think they could have shortened it for sure. Which Twilight, is- by the way, I don't know if you've ever been forced to watch those. I have. I have. Yep. That is the worst example of that ever happening. The part one of whatever the fuck it's called. Like Breaking <clears throat> Dawn or something. Yeah, the last one. Nothing happens. Yeah. And I mean that literally. Fucking nothing yeah. happens. It's just like a two-hour movie. It's just is. like a honeymoon. Yeah. It's literally them on their honeymoon for like an entire movie. And, and they have like, a baby. Guys, this did not need to be an entire fucking movie. No. This could have been 20 minutes I of think the that final one, movie. I think that one was more of a money grab. <laughs> well, they're all money grabs. I mean, we know why they do it. <clears throat> but, so yeah, that's my fourth on my list <clears throat> of, of the eight. Followed by that, I would have to probably say <clears throat> The Order of the Phoenix. Order <clears throat> of the Phoenix is, is you know... I just I love that movie. I love there's a lot of bright spots in Order of the Phoenix, but then there's a lot of dark. You know, you get the death of Sirius Black. You get So this is your what, number five or this number is, four? This is number five. Because I had I went <clears throat> two, one, three, uh, seven part one, and now we're on five. So five goes to five. Okay. Um yeah, so so far I had eight was Chamber of Secrets, seven was Sorcerer's Stone, six is Deathly Hallows Part One, five for me is I had Half Blood Prince. Okay, so I have Order of the Phoenix, and it's I have Order of the Phoenix there just because I think Half Blood Prince has a lot more fun to it, and it's it's really dark, but it gets you like really amped up. You know, you're you're taught to hate Snape from yeah. the first movie and then he kills Dumbledore <clears throat> and it just makes you hate him even more. Then, you know, Harry and, and Dumbledore out there hunting Horcruxes and then they go find one. Dumbledore pretty much dies finding it and then you realize that it's a fake and it just throws this huge knot into this whole adventure. So I'd have to say Half-Blood Prince would be mine after Order of the Phoenix. So, okay. I'd go Order so of the I think Phoenix we have those kind of flip-flops. Um, <clears throat> I love Order of the Phoenix. Fucking... I'm drawing a blank on her fucking name right now. Um, no. The bitch in pink. That's what I'm going to call her. Oh. Fuck her. <laughs> oh, um, hang on. I almost had it. 
Dolores Umbridge. Dolores Umbridge. Yeah. <clears throat> Fuck Dolores Umbridge. She's in which one? She's in. She comes in in the Order of the Phoenix. Yeah. She comes in because okay. yeah. And, and you're first introduced to her when Harry's under trial for the Patronus charm that he produced in front of Neville. That's right. Because Neville was making fun of Harry for having a dream that Cedric died. Yeah. In Goblet of Fire and like, and yeah. you get introduced to her with Fudge and Fudge has this huge thing with Dumbledore and yeah. And she's just a. Real That's right. Royal I, I kind of forgot about that. The, ah, the main thing, Umbridge. the main thing that stuck out to me in my memory about Order of the Phoenix is that Sirius ends up getting killed. Yep. That's what I always remember about so, that movie. So I liked Order of the Phoenix. There's a lot of good information. You get the you get the foundation of um, Harry's army. You know, yeah. Dumbledore's army, as you want to call it. But really, who's going to follow Harry into this? Yeah. And ending up being the ultimate battle of their lifetime. Um, I think the only reason why I had it flip-flopped where I have Half-Blood Prince lower than Order of the Phoenix is just because all I remember about Half-Blood Prince is just that it's like Snape's movie. Or, uh, yeah, it's Snape's movie. You know what I mean? It's just like, okay, the whole thing's about Snape, I guess. I, wa- I don't know. I, really, I wasn't really that stoked about that, to be honest. I think it's interesting, though. I think you learn... Well, you learn it in part two of... Deathly Hallows, because like I said, you're taught to hate Snape this whole time. Yeah. In part two of Deathly Hallows, you you go, holy shit, like, I've hated this guy along with Harry, Ron, and Hermione this whole time, when in reality, he was doing everything to protect Harry. Yeah. Like, it really... So, wasn't the thing... I I always kind of forget this, because as I go back and rewatch these movies, I'm like, wait... So I remember Snape is like kind of the bad or kind of the good guy at the end, but I don't remember how. So so basically, he just made a promise to like Harry's parents to protect Harry or something, no, and he's just so, been like deep undercover basically the whole time. So Snape loved Lily, Harry's mom. Okay, like he wanted to be with her. Because I always forget what this backstory right. is. So like. so Snape so Snape and Lily became friends before they got to Hogwarts. Okay, so they mm-hmm. knew each other because Lily was an outcast in her family because of her fucking. You know, sister Petunia thinking she was a freak because she, you know, could perform magic. She had magical powers. Right. She runs across Snape one day. They become really good friends before they go to Hogwarts. Okay. They're doing magic and stuff together. So they, they've established a relationship before going to Hogwarts. Then they get separated into different houses. And, and then, then he gets kind of friend zoned for James Potter, basically. Right. <laughs> and then they get married. But Snape never stopped loving Lily. Right. So he never took like another lover or whatever as you would want to call it. Yeah. He always loved her. So when he had found out that she had died in and in in uh, part two, he goes into the Potter household after Voldemort kills yeah, both Lily right. and James yeah. and um you know, holds her in his arms crying while Harry's in his crib crying. Yeah. So at that point, he made a pact with Dumbledore, you know, mm. save the kid, protect him. He's all she has left. Okay. And, and he goes, she has, or he has her eyes. So as an extension of his love for Lily. Harry's mom, yes. Lily, he decided to protect Harry. Right. So then But he by became, doing so, he becomes, like, he goes, like, deep undercover, basically, and, like, right. works in consort so, with Voldemort so the only, and all the Death Eaters and right. appears to be a dick to Harry the whole time. So in Order of the Phoenix, you get introduced to Snape being part of the Order. Yeah. Which no one at that time besides Dumbledore knows that Snape has to work for the Death Eaters yeah. and Voldemort. 
Dumbledore's the only one that knows this. Lord of the Phoenix trusts him because he actually is doing good deeds for them. Yeah. But he's doing this, too, to build the trust with Voldemort by giving them information. Right. So, you know, because then in part one, when Harry moves... Or is it part one? I think it's part one. When they go to, uh, you know, they're going out to the... Why the fuck am I... <laughs> um, what are you trying to think of? Where the Weasley the Weasleys house? live? Yeah, it's that cool like it's not the groves or structure. something. Yeah, but they call it some location. I don't like, know. I forget. I know what you're talking about though. I can't think of the word right now. But when they all go to leave for it, Snape says no. You know, it, it, Snape just fucks everything up. Yeah, and he builds that trust with Voldemort because then he kills. Dumbledore, and then you learn. You're like, "Oh, you bastard! Like you killed, you yeah. know, someone that trusted you." But then you learn that Dumbledore goes, "I know you made this pact. You have to be the one that kills me." Yeah. So he does, and him killing Dumbledore shows Dumbledore his, you know, where Snape's loyalty truly lied. Shows Voldemort. Yeah. Right. Well, it shows both of them because yeah. it shows Dumbledore. Okay, I have to do everything to protect Harry. Yeah. So I have to kill you to protect him, despite him not knowing anything. Yeah. And it was also kind of a way to save Draco from having to like, because Draco didn't really, really want to be evil. Draco was never a Death Eater. Yeah, he 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 just kind of thought he wanted to be, but he he couldn't yeah. pull the trigger when the time came. Which speaking of a coward, dude, Draco's uh, Lucius Malfoy. Lucius is definitely a fucking coward. You get this, you know, perception through one through four that he's like this big badass, big badass, yeah. and then in four when Voldemort comes back, you know, and they he like sucks off their masks and they like seem like they pass out or whatever yeah. i never really understood that part but as um, soon as voldemort goes, is back and he's starts like, and you lucius yeah and he like does it and he's like my lord and yeah. i'm like oh shut up you bitch you yeah. didn't want him to come back as soon, as soon as voldemort shows up and starts like you know swinging his big dick around lucius yeah. definitely that's like you, backs can't, off. you can't buy voldemort yeah. and that's all lucius yeah. has is money yeah cocksucker okay well thanks for explaining that because i always every time i start watching these i'm like Snape, for the longest time, is like you're convinced he's a bad guy. And I'm like, right. I remember somehow he's good, but I don't remember so, how. Because he does a lot of bad yeah. shit. So like, Harry's Patronus <clears throat> is a stag. Yeah. So so in, you know, American, it's a buck. It's yeah. A, it's, a, it's a male deer. His mom, I believe, was a doe as, oh, okay. as well as Snape. Snape was a doe. Oh, okay. So... Yeah, there's all inter- the dots. The dots connect. Yeah, the yeah. dots all connect, and Snape's actually a good guy this whole time, despite us all sitting here going, "You know, you bastard!" Yeah, like he was yeah. even trying to save Harry in the you know the Sorcerer's Stone when Harry's broom was jinxed. Right, right. He was, yeah, he you, was you, trying to do a counter curse, and you're like, Hermione but, thinks but he's think cursing it. Yeah, mm-hmm. but he's actually trying to help. And you only yeah. find that out when you know Professor Quirrell and. Harry are about to fight in the bottom. Yeah. Or in the, in the, I don't even know where that is. I don't know. Because they, they, they go up, they're in the third floor corridor, and then they fall down into that damn fucking tree, and then they fall out of the tree into another level, and then they go into a door where they got to chase keys, and then they go into oh, a massive I forgot chest about that room, part. Yeah. and then once you go through the chest doors, he walked down a bunch of fucking stairs to find the mirror... Where Quirrell is, and then I'm like, where the fuck did you go in this castle? Yeah. You go through one little door where there's a massive dog, and then you fall through a trap door, and all of a sudden you're in, like, you're in Mordor fighting fucking (laughs) 
Gollum. Gollum and Thanos. <laughs> <clears throat> so, yeah, I had... So, uh, I think we, we kind of have Half-Blood Prince and Order of the Phoenix right there in the middle of the pack, basically. Like, yep. in, 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 like so, in, in between one and eight, basically. So, my second <clears throat> favorite is Goblet of Fire. And, and it, you could really interchange these two, but Goblet of Fire would be my second favorite, followed by Deathly Hallows Part Two as my favorite. Oh, interesting. Okay. I love the way that this wraps up. I love the way that it... It it literally made me go, please don't end, please don't end, and then it ended. And I was like, fuck, it ended. What do I do? So you already got to your to your favorite one. So your favorite one is which one? Deathly Hallows Part Two is my <clears> favorite, <throat> but it's extremely one. close with Goblet of Fire. Okay. Goblet of Fire has so much cool shit in it, but my biggest issue with it is all that cool shit like disappears. Hmm. So you have. Um, the Bo Batons Academy, like where the where the fuck are they during all of this shit? You know where are all these people that are, come into the story that then? I would like to see Flair marries <clears throat> Bill, who is Ron's older brother, so yeah. she comes back into the story. I would like to see more in the future of the Harry Potter world because they're going to continue to make shows and movies in this world for a long time, I'm sure. But I would like to see where the other wizarding schools are, like some some right. stories set at those places, because like you said. They show up in Goblet of Fire and then they just dip. So I think Bo Batons is technically the the female school is technically <clears throat> France, I believe. They seem French. Yeah, they they're, they're blue French. and they yeah. have like that accent. And then where Crumb is from, seems they seem um, Russian as it's fuck. It's like Darmstran or something. Like I'm butchering it, but I know what it is in my head. I just can't. Yeah. Process words right now. It's Monday. Um, but that's where he's from, and I think it's Bulgaria. Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Because yeah. in <clears throat> Goblet of Fire, you have the Irish and the Bulgarians in the Quidditch World Cup. Oh, that's right. So then you're like, well, where the fuck do the Irish go to school? Yeah, like they all but have like, a wizarding school, like There's this massive wizarding world. It's not just yeah. – there's not just wizards in the UK. There's wizards yeah. everywhere is what you're learning. And, and then, you know – What do you think the American wizarding schools look like? I don't think there was one. Otherwise, you'd be introduced to it when Newt's commander and everybody comes over, you know, when he's here mm. in um, Fantastic Beasts because he's in America. Where do they go in America? In Fantastic I think he's in Beasts. New York. Oh, they do go to New York. Yeah, that's right. But yeah, I, don't think that there's, be, I don't think there's a magical school maybe, that he would run isn't. into. So maybe the British just, they, that's one thing they maintain control of is the wizarding what world. Are, we we took the new world from them. Yeah, and they just said fuck. We you have guys. the modern We're not world. Yeah, you any wizards then, <laughs> bitches. <clears throat> so okay, no, so that, that was. <clears throat> I mean, Goblet of Fire is just. Ugh, they're just so interchangeable for me. It's got to be like a fifty-fifty. Yeah. So really quickly, my last three since you covered yours. Number three would be Deathly Hallows Part Two. Number two, Prisoner of Azkaban. See, I had Prisoner of Azkaban like way up there. Way up there. And number one. Goblet of Fire. Dude, Goblet so of Fire is hands good. down my favorite one. It was my favorite book, and it's my favorite movie. There's just so <clears> much, <throat> like, you go to the Quidditch World Cup. You get introduced into Death Eaters, because that's really when you first get introduced into Death Eaters. Dude, can we talk about how the, how dope that whole beginning of that movie is with the Quidditch World Cup and the tents and, like, this big party? It's, like, oh, dude. literally, like, this... This soccer World Cup, but for Quidditch, and it's in the so middle of fucking nowhere. cool. I honestly could have watched a whole movie about that. I, you I know think what I mean? you, you <laughs> truly get introduced into the full scale of magic that we get to deal with because they pitch a tent. It's probably the size of this card table that we use. 
and then you know, and then walk you go in, in there, there's like and it's eight like rooms, a kitchen, yeah. you know, yeah. living room, and you you got to know because it's a Weasley tent that it's not the top of the line tent. Exactly. You got to you, you know. I wonder what the Malfoy's tent looked like. Exactly. It's probably you know? really dope. Like it was probably the size of this room we're in, and it was probably the size of a mansion. Yeah, it looks know? like Dubai in there. So, so you truly mm-hmm. understand. You, you get to to learn what the magic you're about to see the rest of the series is about. You also get introduced into Death Eaters, mm-hmm. the, the Dark Mark, and then do the Dark Mark in the sky at the end yep. when like the Death Eaters torch the whole little shanty town of ten set yeah. the Quidditch World Cup. So fucking dope, dude. That's all at the beginning Lord of the Mom. fucking movie, dude. Well, and then they think <clears throat> you get introduced into like the Oars who go dark wizard hunting, right? And they come in and they try and fucking pretty much end Harry, Hermione, and Ron, and yeah. Then uh, and you get introduced to. Um, what are those things they use to teleport? What do they call those? A port key. Port key. You get yeah. introduced to port keys. Well, I guess they had port, port keys in the earlier movies, but uh, no, <clears throat> not really. You had the uh, flu powder is what he used. In, oh, in two in, is flu. That's what I was thinking. So that's not a port key. No, no, it's flu powder. <clears throat> so it's you have to be in a fireplace. Yeah, and it takes you to another fireplace. Okay, so that's not a port key. Um, but then in Goblet of Fire, they introduce port, port keys, keys where you can like then, grab on, and then it just you just. Appear where you're going. And then in Half Blood Prince, I believe you learn the disapparate, or no, maybe it's in. I think it's Half Blood Prince is the first time you, you get to see Harry do it because that's when he does it with, uh, um, Dumbledore. Like, yeah, like the beginning. He's like, grab my arm. And he oh, goes, that's right. Oh, that's and right. He goes, and he goes, oh, and he lands. And he, Dumbledore's like. Most people usually throw up on their first yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember can't that. Can't imagine why. <laughs> but yeah, Goblet of Fire, you get introduced in all that. Then you get introduced into a full-bodied... Um, the, dude, the Triwizard Tournament is so fucking cool. Dude, every, bes- okay, my biggest beef Also that, super though, dangerous for fucking students yeah, to be going through. It's swimming, like a, swimming through the Black Lake. It's like gladiator combat, but for, but for fucking like hey, sophomores in high school. Go steal this egg from a dragon. From a fucking... Full on dragon that will burn and murder you if you don't Everyone's get out like, of the way. Got this. Yeah, and everyone just sits around and cheers like it's like watching fucking one on one or something. Like I don't know. And they're like, "Oh, <clears throat> you did that. Now you got to hold your breath for a fucking hour. Yeah. We drowned one of your friends, and you got to go save them and somewhere just, in this massive. Black isn't it just lake. up to them too? Like they got to figure out how yeah. they can do it. Like they don't tell them how to like hold. Yeah, their breath no, they're underwater. just like you got to you got to go. You have an hour time limit. Yeah, yeah. you got to find your friend. Dude, good, good fucking. That luck. movie is so fucking good. It's hands down my favorite one. My, of the my biggest series. beef with it though <clears throat> is the maze at the end. That could have been such a cooler task. You could, I mean, they're running through a maze like it. it everything goes. You know, you got a bewitched um, Crumb, who then I think he attacks Floor, and then Harry sends up the red sparks, and she gets taken out, and then Crumb's bewitched, and him and Cedric then duel. And then Cedric wins, and then Harry and Cedric duel as they run, and then it's a fucking port key that takes him into a graveyard yeah. where you get introduced into a full-bodied and then, yeah, fucking Voldemort. I think that's that was like the the great cherry on top of an already dope movie is you finally get Voldemort in the flesh. Yep. Like, he's finally here, and you're like, oh, fuck. Like, here's the bad guy. You know what I mean? I think one thing <clears> they could have done... I mean, I don't know if you ever picked up on it with, like, the Barty Crouch Jr., like his little... Like his tongue oh, licking motion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he's he's pretending to be Mad Eye Moody the yeah. whole time, right? I think they also hands down the coolest teacher in my. Oh opinion. yeah, I think they could have. I think they could have hid his little, you know, like twitch his a twitch. little better. Yeah. Um, because if if you pay attention, you pick up on that after you see him in 
you see uh, the flashback trial. scene or whatever. Yeah. yeah, you pick up on it right away. You're like, oh, so Professor Moody isn't – he's the one setting everything up. Yeah. And they try and put the blame on um, – um, fuck, what's his name? The uh, the headmaster for – Igor Kargaroff. Yeah. The headmaster for yeah. the – Dongstrong or whatever the fucking school yeah. is. I know I'm butchering it. I know what Dude, I want to say. I just fucking am butchering it. Good job it. on the fucking name. Igor, what's his name? Igor, Igor Kogorov. Kogorov. That's That's a good pull. But, but I did not remember they, that was They his make name. it seem like he's the one setting everything up. Right, right. Because he looks evil as fuck. That right. guy looks well, and like And he's, he's a death eater. Right, yeah. But it's one of those you see like, as soon as I saw the tongue flicker, I was like, Okay, yeah. you know, whoever... He almost Barbie has Crouch like Jr. the... Playing. He almost has the Heath Ledger Joker, like the... Like the constantly licking the lips thing, yeah. you know that he does. Like it's like it was, this little this little thing, this little twitch. I don't know. It's a weird twitch, but I picked up on that quickly, and I'm like, they could have hid that a little bit better and made you keep guessing between the two. Yeah. Because and you they really give it away when you know Professor Moody turns and he goes with his finger to tell him which way to go at the very end. Oh I don't yeah. Know if you in catch the maze. On that, in yeah. the maze. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, because he's trying to get him to go into the and then, you know, when Harry comes back and. Moody takes him up into like his his office or whatever. He's like, "So what was the graveyard like? What were all?" And he's like, "I didn't say anything about a graveyard." And it's like you could have hid this so much yeah. better and like kind of had a little bit more of like a spark with this scene. I'm glad they brought the real Moody back in on the, in the later movies and made him a big part of what was going on because he's such a great character. Dude, he's such such a good character. I just wish he didn't die. Yeah, yeah. I wish he was at the Battle of Hogwarts, and if he died, he died at the Battle of Hogwarts because yeah. I think that would have been like he's just so like interesting. You know, he's got this weird fake eye thing. He's got this. Doesn't he have like a fake leg and this yeah, big like the peg leg walking cane thing that he, he looks like a pirate who's like a wizard, you know? And he's like, well, he's, he does have that ship. He's that like he this came big in on. burly guy. He's kind of like Hagrid in a way where he's like very protective of Harry, you know, and kind of acts as like a father figure to Harry and all this kind well, of stuff. He's like the old school. Guy. He's fucking great, dude. I love him. He has like no emotion. Yeah, he's yeah. like great. Yeah, great, great, great. Let's fucking right. Go. Yeah, he's he's all business all the time. Yeah, he's like we can't waste any time with all this fucking sappiness. Oh yeah. His character, I just wish they didn't kill off. Um, as I mean, I guess you can't really say as soon he dies in the Deathly Hallows, so it's yeah. But I wish he would have made it to the Battle of Hogwarts and like done something cool. Dude, the more we're talking about this, like again, I like I texted you today. I really want to go on a rewatch, but I really I am planning on doing it. I really want to reread the books. I I, I remember I as a kid the reading too. them, just being so amazed and enthralled. Like they are fucking. Truly, for lack of a better word, magical. Like, they are fucking magical. One of my things, like, I'm not a big reader. And for for these, for instance, I watched the movies before I read the books. Okay. Because when you read the books and then you go watch the movie, you go, Fred's going to die right here. Dumbledore dies in this movie. Just let me watch the movie and then I'm going to read the book. Hmm. For most of them. Some of them I read the books before because... You know, yeah. I had the book way before the movie came I out. I think I may have seen the first couple of movies before I started reading the books, although I'm not remembering that very clearly. Probably, you and probably weren't I reading think, Harry Potter at seven. Yeah, and then I think as the movies came out, I then went back and read the beginning of the series, and then I was reading the books before the movies were right. coming out. Dude, I remember she was ahead of the movies, yeah. and so you could read like Goblet of Fire while Chamber of these Secrets. These book or releases of were like big. I remember Dude. one day going with my dad to the Barnes and Noble. Just you know, just up the street from yeah. me right it now. It was like an event, and it was you know, you'd walk in there, and you're like, I hope they have one. You go, yeah. and it's just boxes in the back. Yeah, and you go up, and they're like, Would you like a paper 
copy yeah. or a hard copy, and I'm like, give me that hard copy. Yeah. I feel bad for any other poor author who was trying to promote a book during that time because they didn't stand a fucking chance. Dude, just... Oh yeah, I'll have to grab those books from some of my parents' house because I really want to. They're read great, them man. Too. I, I w- did I tell you that I was watching this? Um, so as I was reading the Game of Thrones books, and like right after I had watched the show, I was watching this interview where Stephen King and George R. R. Martin were both at this like conference thing, and they were having this conversation in front of a big panel and all this kind of stuff. And Stephen King was talking about like because they're both probably two of the most famous, most well-known authors right. that have ever lived. And have written some incredibly popular stories and Which, series. I don't get how Stephen <clears throat> King got popular. The Dude, shit he writes is just so fucking random. He has and been fucked up. he's it been just, popular for decades. That guy's been yeah, an insanely popular author for decades. It. But I think George R. R. Martin was asking him about because you know George R. R. Martin right now is under all of this pressure to release book six and book seven of his series, of Song of, of Ice and Fire. Yeah, and he was asking Stephen King about like pressure and all that kind of stuff about like building, starting something and building it into this thing then becomes way, way, way bigger than you ever thought it was going to be. And then having all these people like, when's the next book coming out? When's the next book coming out? And Stephen King was like, I don't think either of us compare to the pressure that JK Rowling was under when the last Harry Potter book was supposed to be coming out. Like when she was having to write the finale to this series that had become literally a global phenomenon, she was under so much fucking pressure to make that a satisfying ending to that series and, and for it to come out promptly, you know, like people would not have been happy if, what was it? Order of the Phoenix, I think, was the... Or was it Half-Blood Prince that was right before Deathly Hallows? It's Half-Blood Half, Prince, Half right? Half-Blood Prince is Pe- People would not have been happy if Half-Blood Prince had come out and then 10 years went by before they got oh, Deathly it, Hallows. Yeah. They would have fucking lost their minds. Yeah. So she not only had to like release that in a prompt fashion, but she had to make it a satisfying conclusion, which she did. I mean, props well, to her. She did. She fucking well, not, well, knocked it out of the park. Going but like, back to my... He was like, dude, the pressure that she had to have been under, like, you can't even imagine. Right. Well, going back to my point, you know, earlier is she had to have had most of this written before she got them published. Because, you know, I know we had t- discussed a little bit, but 97, 98, 99, 2000, 2003, 2005, and 2007, 10 years, she released seven books. That's a year and a half to write each of these stories yeah, and get it published, edited, you know, do all of the behind the scenes. I mean, how long did it take you to get your short stories? It takes a long time. So she had to have had these written. I don't, I don't think she had the whole, I think she had an idea of them, but she had to have had a big chunk of where the story. I, I think here's probably what happened. And again, this is all like fucking hearsay. Like who knows what, what her plan was. But she probably Maybe we'll wrote get here on here as a guest one day. <laughs> if we're big enough to get J.K. Rowling on, that would be fucking awesome. Um, she probably wrote the first one, and all she wanted to do was get the first one published. And then the first one gets published and becomes successful. And then they're like, "Do you have any more?" And she's like, "Yeah, sure. I got an idea for a sequel. Whatever." Writes a sequel, and then they're like, "Then it becomes gigantic." And they're like, okay, we want you to turn this into like maybe like maybe she had an idea for a trilogy or something, you know, or like four books. And then they're like this thing's fucking huge. Keep it coming. And she's like, okay, well maybe I can stretch this out into like a seven year long story. You know, a seven I'm going to send her an story. email and ask. I'm sure you can and, find and, and stuff. Say, for the Just Browsing podcast, <clears throat> yeah. we have a question. We're debating on uh, your book choice 
and and here's here's Harry to, to your point about like having stuff pre-written. By the time the first one is like in bookstores, she's probably already done with the second one or getting close to being done with the second one, and then so on and so forth. You know what I mean? Like by the time Chamber of Secrets is in is in Barnes and Noble for you to go buy, she's almost done with book three at that point. Well, like and that's that- how far ahead of the process she is in terms of writing it to when it like gets published and in a bookstore for right. you to purchase. Well, it's, that, a, that's it's, a, it's a long gap between like when she's done typing to when you're reading it. You know what I mean? Well, and that's why I want to figure out like her whole publication, you know, the, the whole thing. Cause that to me, having seven, you know, wildly successful books, <laughs> um, just unfathomable, just unfathomable. I mean, it doesn't, it just doesn't books. make sense how she could have, <clears throat> Um, you know, could have done that. Does she has podcasts, dude? She's turned this thing oh, into an industry. She. she has like a full-on industry. And now, do you want to talk a little bit about the Fantastic Beast movies while we're at it? Not the biggest fan, <clears throat> but uh, I definitely, you know, still interested. Still you're, interested. You're a Harry it's, guy. it's a Harry Potter. You know, they're they're not. I I don't call them prequels. Because they're not necessarily a, a true prequel. They're. It just happened before the first. There's stories inside. So there's stories that Harry reads in the movies and in the books. Yeah. But they're true stories. Yeah. So it's. They're, they're telling the story of a story inside of the, the story. <laughs> yeah. A lot of stories. I mean, to that, be told. I think the only. The only real term for it would be a prequel, because it all—all all of the events that you're seeing are happening prior to right. the first Harry Potter. But movie but a saw. lot of them, besides, eh, most of them don't have any effect on Harry Potter, right? Itself. Um, Although they do introduce, like you know, obviously Dumbledore is a big part of them. Yep. They introduce the Sorcerer's Stone. Yep. In those, I mean, you get introduced like the Elder Wand. The Elder Wand. Um. But like so there's Newt's seeds commander, for like, like he's he's really a nobody in in terms of Harry Potter. Right. He right. he's just the explorer. He's just kind of casually mentioned. Were. Yeah. So I like him. I'm not. A, I don't know. My brain when it was like you know from J.K. Rowling, the yeah. author of Harry Potter. You go, this shit's about to be you know the same Wizarding World, which it is, but it's not. You know, yeah. I went into we went and saw them both together. I'm pretty sure. Um, and I was like jumping off my seat, and then I left, and I was like, "It was good, but wasn't quite as I, amazing as I, I was thought. thinking we were going to be more under a Harry Potter guidance of it instead of a yeah. different type story." Yeah, um, they're, they're good, they're entertaining, but they're not. They'll never compete with. They're kind of like the Hobbit and Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. The Hobbit is good; it's very entertaining, but it's never going to. But reach it's the level never going to reach yeah. the level of Lord of the Rings. Yeah, There's I a lot of good info in it, but it, it's just yeah. never going to reach the level of, of... They're almost kind of comparable to like the Star Wars spinoff movies to where yeah. you're like, I like, one. I like watching this because it's Star Wars. It's that world, but it's also not a main Star Wars installment. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, There's just yeah. something about it where you're like, you know, Luke's not in it. <laughs> Leia's not in it. Like, it's just not quite the same. It's right. still, I'm still... I'm still interested because it's the same world yeah. that I'm very fond of. But, but you're, like, you're like doesn't more of quite a get there. Interest. Yeah, yeah, doesn't doesn't quite get there. Yeah, I mean, I like them. I'm, you know, they still have one more to I go. I think the first one 
it, I like a lot more than the second one they yeah. released, that um, Crimes of Grindelwald. Yep. I was a little bit disappointed in Crimes of Grindelwald. I'll, I'll be completely honest. I didn't think it was. I didn't think it was as good as I thought. You, it was they they be. hype it up to be like this, you know, pretty yeah. dark, you know, kind of a dark wizard before. Because I, I think this all would happen before Voldemort. Yeah. Um, you know, back when Dumbledore was young. So it's just one of those, yeah, I, I really enjoy them, but I'm not going to jump through hoops to, to watch them. I would yeah. much rather watch and I think, Harry Potter without even worrying yeah. about like I'm If I'm going to do a Harry Potter marathon when all three of those movies are released... I'm watching Harry Potter. I'm not going to be yeah. like, I got to watch, you know, these three. Like, Star Wars, at least, their stories are interjectable into mm-hmm. the series. You know, you could watch the first three. Then you could watch, um, well, I guess you got to watch Rogue One. Then you watch A New Hope. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, you know, you can watch the rest. Solo's kind of the better comparison to... Mm-hmm. Um, Fantastic Beast because it's about something in the story but not a story part. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I like them. They're entertaining, but I think I, I think I maybe covered this a little bit when we talked about our movie franchises. But it seemed a little weird to me that the first one, Dude. you know, it's it's Fantastic Beasts and it's all about and where to it, find it's kind them. of like this sense of wonder of like Newt Scamander chasing down like these magical beasts and creatures in the world. He's kind of like a zoologist or something right. in our world, but he's just in the wizarding world. So I was like, okay, it's a cool vibe. I, I get it. And then the second one comes out, and it's called Fantastic Beasts, The Crimes, the of, Crimes Grindelwald. of Grindelwald. And then the tone is like totally shifted because there's not really so much more of like the magical creatures part of it, and it's more like, oh, here's this like Voldemort-esque guy. And I don't know why they didn't just treated as something totally separate than like the fantastic beasts umbrella and just right. go like the crimes of Grindelwald. So, so is the beat the beast in that Grindelwald? Like like yeah, I don't yeah. get it. It's it, just it like seems another like it story. It doesn't fit yeah. the fantastic beast umbrella to me. I don't just the way when you watch that movie you're like, okay, I mean I don't really get why it's called Fantastic Beast. Yeah, they could have cool. easily just said, you know, the crimes of Grindelwald as the new movie yeah. and been like yeah. it's it's a sequel to Fantastic Beasts and Where right. to Find Them because Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them makes complete sense yeah so yeah I, I get what you're saying yeah it just it just seems like and i so i don't know what they're gonna call the third one but it just seems like tonally it's kind of all the third over one's the place gonna do so really far. bad if they don't recast johnny depp oh dude i really hope they he's great as grindelwald he's like perfect for that character but then he got you know bullshitted out of a career because i won't get into it but yeah that's a whole other he got fucking saga. bullshitted out of shit because he's a guy i'll just i'll just Say it that way, without getting political. Yeah. Well, those are my rankings. Should we should we list them off one more time for the folks still listening? For those of you still listening to the greatest episode ever released. No. So I had. Do you want to just go one through eight? Yeah. So, so my number one was part two, uh, Deathly Hallows. Okay. My number two was Goblet of Fire. My number three was Half-Blood Prince. My number four was Order of the Phoenix. Five was Deathly Hallows. Six was Prisoner of Azkaban. Seven was uh, Sorcerer's Stone. And eight was Chamber of Secrets. Yeah, and then I had... I believe. I believe I got that right. I think you're right. I think you're right. They're all number Um, one in my book. I had number one, Goblet of Fire. Number two, Prisoner of Azkaban. Number three, Deathly Hallows Part Two. Number four, Order of the Phoenix. Number five, Half-Blood Prince. 
Number six, Deathly Hallows Part One. Number seven, Sorcerer's Stone. And number eight, Chamber of Secrets. So the real winner is all of us that enjoy Harry Potter because Agreed. they're all fucking great. Dude, I'll just go ahead and say it. And like I've been saying it ever since we've been trying to, you know, plan a Harry Potter episode on our schedule. I've had a great time talking about Harry Potter, man. I fucking love Harry Dude, Potter. It's I know you and I kind of feud over like the Harry Potter versus Star Wars thing, and I'm always just going to choose Star Wars over that, and you're always going to choose Harry Potter. But I really like Harry Potter. Like, I mean, if Star Wars didn't exist, that might be like my favorite movie franchise. It's I fucking love Harry Potter. I mean, you need to go home and really look in the mirror and, and <laughs> think to yourself, did I make the right decision with Star Wars? We could always redo the, the movie brackets. No. I'm I'm sticking with my choices. God, loser. <laughs> but no, yeah, I'm just I, I'm a big fan wrong. of the books. I'm a big fan of the movies. I like to kind of I don't I don't rewatch them near as often as you do, but I like to What? Maybe once a year, once every 2 years, I'll go through a rewatch of all the movies and yeah, just same. binge them. They're they're fucking fun, man. Great movies. Same. Yeah, same. Once every 2 weeks maybe for you. Uh, it's probably How many times have you watched them this year? We're in July. How many times have you watched them? 4 or 5. All the way through. Four All or the five way times. through. This will probably be. This will either be five or six. <laughs> Fucking. Animal. But like I said, I sit at home and work, so that's my background. That's my music while I'm working. Okay. So see. I got through, you know, two and a half movies while working today. Yeah. See, again, as we covered at the top of the podcast, I can't do that. It has to be music for me, or else I can't fucking. Focus no. On so anything. like. Yeah. When I when I rewatch them, like I said, though, it's playing in my head. That's why I could think, and you know, I just yeah, I just love them. Because yeah. then I can look up and I know exactly where I'm at. I'm like, oh, this is the line that just was said. I know in like 30 seconds is when I need to look at the TV for 30 seconds to see the action. And then I can look away. Yeah. And that's also why my dog's name is Luna. Because Luna Lovegood. Although oh, really? she's really like a nice, beautiful character in the story. My dog's a beautiful psychopath that just has way too much energy. Yeah. She's more of a Bellatrix Lestrange. She's more of a. She needs to learn how to calm down because <laughs> when she's calm and sleeping in the hallway, I was gonna she's say great. she's been good last thirty minutes or so. But all right, man. Well, yeah, well, I've had a good time. You ready to wrap this up? Yeah, everyone that's uh, still around, thanks for supporting us. Um, you know, we really appreciate all of it, and hopefully, you enjoyed the Harry Potter discussion. Yeah, thanks for um, tuning in, everybody. You know, I think. I don't, I don't want to say what we're going to do next week because we kind of have just been coming up with these ideas a couple days before. Yeah. So stay tuned. Follow our socials. We'll, um, we'll try and update them more to give you a heads up if you want to listen or not. But, you know, come by the Twitch stream at twitch.tv slash the Just Browsing Podcast if you want to see us live um, and then discuss with us. Fill out your Marvel bracket. Send those in to us so we can compile more results on a result page. And yeah, you know, just thanks for all the support, and we'll uh, we'll be back next week with uh, another uh, another episode. Yeah, thanks for tuning in, everybody. It's been a little hiatus, but we're we're glad to be back and talk a little Harry Potter. So, so we'll uh, catch you later. Till next time. <laughs>